It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello again, everybody. Welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. I'm Emerson Phillips, Colin Taylor, Gamecock Central staff writer with me again today. And we're going to talk a couple of topics today here. The season opens five weeks from Saturday. The Gamecocks will play North Carolina State in Charlotte, 3 o'clock kickoff Saturday, September the 2nd. And Colin, we did not talk about special teams earlier this week. We touched on the offense, talked extensively about them earlier this week here on Gamecock Central Radio. And we had a good discussion about the defense as well. But we have not yet discussed special teams. So let's open today talking about uh, specialists for Gamecock football here in 2017. And then we'll get into a talk about the schedule this year and, you know, what expectations might be for Gamecock football. You know, I'm hearing a variety of opinions. You know, again, we're still five weeks away from the start of the season. But I think everybody's got, you know, some win total in mind. So I want to know what you're thinking about right now. And I've got some thoughts I'd like to share with you there as well. So, uh, Colin, talk about uh, the kicking game. You know, Carolina loses the top scorer in the history of the program, so there's going to be some changes in the kicking game this year. Right, and I think it was easy to say that special teams is one of the biggest strong suits for South Carolina ever since Elliott Fry got on the campus. Um, they lose their place kicker, kickoff specialist, holder, and uh, punter from last year. Uh, but going into it, Alexander Wozniak is going to be your place kicker. Uh, Joseph Carlton is going to be your punter. So I think those are guys that are really, really going to be good for South Carolina. They've had a year uh, to kind of marinate and learn the the, the kind of program under you know, Fry and uh, Sean Kelly, who's a punter. So they're going to be well versed. Wozniak's a uh, true or redshirt freshman, and uh, Charlton is a uh, rising sophomore. So he's um, going to be. Both are going to be pretty good. And then you have Michael Walton too, who's going to compete for some time as well. He's listed as a backup to uh, both place kicker and punter. So got some good talent uh, to back up losing Fry and Kelly from last year. Charlton played at AC Flora High School in Columbia. I saw him play a number of times in high school. He's an athletic kid. He's tall. He's got a booming leg. You know, several times during the games that I saw him play in high school, he sent the kickoff through the uprights. That's not something a lot of high school kickers can do. And he made uh, several field goals over 50 yards. But he's going to handle kickoffs and punting, it looks like, with Alex Wozniak handling the place kicking. What can you tell us about Wozniak? He kicked some field goals in the spring game. I don't know much about him, Colin. Right, so he's, um came in, was kind of recruited out of, uh, he was from Greenville, South Carolina, in-state kid, um, kind of the heir to Elliott Fry's uh, throne, should you say, being the all-time leading scorer in program history. So uh, he, he's got some shoes to fill, but I think he's, he's accurate. He's still working on his leg strength and working on, you know, getting accustomed to playing in the SEC, which, you know, even as a kicker is tough. Uh, you play in a lot of hostile road environments with a lot of pressure on, around you. 
But um, I think he's going to be a good addition. I think he's once he kind of gets his feet under him and kind of learns the position a little bit and gets the nerves out, he should be um, a pretty accurate kicker. And in the return game, we all know about Debo Samuel, obviously preseason All-SEC as a as an all-purpose back. He's handled punt returns in the past, some kickoffs as well. More Debo Samuel this year in the return game, or do you think uh, as a health precaution the Gamecocks may give somebody else a look there? I think that uh, the number of ways you can put Debo Samuel on the field, I think you should do it just because he's that electric of a player. So I think uh, he's going to still be back there just for kickoffs um, with A.J. Turner or Rashad Fenton. really depends on who wins that uh, second returning job, uh, returner job in preseason camp. Uh, but then when you look at punt returning, which was a, a big struggle last year in terms of when to fair catch it, when not to, um, and uh, holding on to the ball on punts, um, it's really something they're going to focus on, I think, in preseason. Uh, Chris Lamonds right now is listed as a starting punt returner uh, with Rashad Fenton. Um, but I think um, Jemias Williams is going to be a guy that can return punts, return kicks, if he continues to develop and build his speed. Um, when he gets to college and kind of gets on campus and starts doing his thing. Yeah, Jam Williams, a freshman from Georgia who was the headliner of the 2017 signing class. Still very much a mystery at this point because he can do so many different things. It's going to be interesting to see how the Gamecocks utilize him once the season gets underway on September the 2nd. So uh, that brings us to our discussion about uh, the schedule this year, Colin. And, you know, I I was looking at uh, the SEC championship game history the game started in 1993 and only six sec schools have won the southeastern conference since the league expanded to 12 teams back in the early 90s and has since gone to 14 with the addition of texas a&m and uh, missouri and colin uh, since south carolina had its lone sec championship game appearance in 2010 you know the east has been i don't know if down is the word but it hasn't been as strong as it's been in years past, and I think uh, there's opportunity for the Gamecocks to make a move in the SEC East standing. South Carolina finished, you know, they tied for next to last last year at 3-5, and five, but of the eight SEC opponents this year, only one team had a record over 500 in league play, and that's the Florida Gators, which won the SEC East at 6-2 and two last year. Florida comes to Columbia late in the season, but everybody else was 4-4 four and four or worse, Colin, and since 2010, Missouri won the league in 11 and 12. Georgia won it in 13 and 14. And Florida won it in 15 and 16. Bama has obviously won the last three SEC championships and four of the last five. But the East has been winnable, Colin. And, you know, it's really a disappointment, I think, that the Gamecocks were not able to sustain success after that 2013 season. They went 6-2 and two in the conference that year and wound up losing out to Missouri, which went 7-1. and one. You know, the Gamecocks beat Missouri in that uh, double overtime game at Missouri in the Connor Shaw comeback game, you know, one of the most famous wins in South Carolina history. But that was Missouri's only loss that year. And Missouri went to the SEC championship game, got beat by Auburn. And, you know, Missouri, in its second year in the league, won the SEC East, and they did it again in their third year in the league. So the East seems to be winnable to me, Colin. And, you know, maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse here. Carolina just won six games a year ago, and, and they did have a losing record in the conference. You know, Georgia's going to be good. Florida has won it two years running. You know, Tennessee has won nine games each of the last two years. But it seems to me that there's an opportunity for the Gamecocks to get back into the top half of the standings. Colin, a lot to talk about today. Obviously, it all starts with NC State. This is going to be a very good NC State football team. Uh, seven and six a year ago, but a very good defensive front that NC State has got. They're going to present some problems for a Gamecock uh, offensive line that gave up 
a lot of sacks last year. So, to me, it starts with NC State in that opener. Colin, if the Gamecocks get out the gate with a win and can build some confidence quickly, I think there are a lot of winnable games on this schedule. But conversely, you know, I could see things going the other way, too. If, if the Gamecocks lose to NC State, you know, I could see this being a very difficult schedule. Right. And you touched on with the East. It's, it's so winnable that things are so wide open right now because there's so many unknowns in terms of, you know, Florida lost a lot of guys this year. Georgia doesn't know what it's got with, you know, Eason right now. South Carolina doesn't know what it has on defense, a lot of unknowns. And then Tennessee obviously lost the bulk of its senior class that was supposed to win the East last year. Um, so, like you said, the East is very much up for the gra- up for grabs. Um, and it, it starts with NC State. If they can, sh- you know, kind of get the ball rolling, like you said, and play well against a really, really good defensive line at front seven, then that could parlay success into Missouri and then could parlay success into, you know, Kentucky and down the road. Um and but I just think there are a lot of, as I call them, 50-50 games where they could win and they they, they could lose. Um, we just don't know right now, and a lot depends on you know what happens on defense and what happens at the early stages of the season against uh, teams you you should or or could beat. Um, very very winnable games for the first uh, four weeks of the season. So NC State is the opener in Charlotte. That'll be a three o'clock kickoff. You know, I'm very curious to see you know what the weather's going to be like that day. It could easily be 100 degrees, and typically the opener is as hot as hell. So that that could be the case in Charlotte. Maybe we catch a break. You know, maybe it's only low 90s, but uh, conditioning certainly could be a factor in that game. Could see some cramps. You know, look at NC State, Colin. Seven and six a year ago, they they had a real feel good win for them. They beat North Carolina in the last game of the season last year. That's their rivalry game obviously and that got them bowl eligible and then they hammered Vanderbilt in the bowl game so they they closed the season very strong last year but this is an NC State team that lost to East Carolina and they lost to Boston College Boston College had not won a conference game in recent memory in the ACC and BC you know finally got off the schneid by beating NC State last year NC State's two marquee wins their big wins if you want to call them that were North Carolina in the last game of the regular season and they beat Notre Dame 10-3 to in the first month of the season. And then they did thrash Vanderbilt in the bowl game. So, you know, I think NC State looks good. I think they've got the potential to be good. But these are not, are not world beaters out of Raleigh. You know, NC State opened as a seven-point favorite over the Gamecocks. And I think that number's dropped to about five in very early action in Vegas. But I think the public has started to think about it, Colin. And they look at Jake Bentley and they realize the Gamecocks could have a pretty good offense this year. And that's why that number has dropped a little bit. But nevertheless, NC State favored against the Gamecocks in the opener. Right. And it's interesting to me because you really – NC State was so streaky last year. They had great games where the defense could stop anything they wanted to and their offense could score at will. And they had other games where they they couldn't. And it was a struggle to score points and stop games. Um, they also had some miscues. I remember uh, against Clemson, they almost beat Clemson last year. Yeah. Um, but missed that field goal late and went into overtime, and Clemson ended up beating them. So NC State's a, an anomaly to me because you really don't know what you're going to get out of them on that day. It could be that South Carolina comes out there and they they're locked in a 14 to 10 defensive battle, or it very well could be you know 34 28 by the end of hmm. things, or even higher. Um, so. It's going to be interesting to me to see how South Carolina comes out and game plans for an NC State team they really don't know a lot about in terms of consistent play and um, that what what they do know is that they're going to get a really really good defensive line. Last year I talked about that at length um, this summer, uh, talking about it with in a press conference uh, to preview the, the the game up there. 
uh, said that it's about as good as the f- defensive line they're going to face all season, and uh, it's going to be a nice early test for an offensive line that struggled at a point last year. So um, I think it, it's going to be this, that NC State game might be the catalyst for a really, really good season or it could be a, a disappointing season depending on how things shake out hmm. there and if they snowball. Yeah, and it looks like strength on strength, Gamecock offense against the NC State defense. It's going to be a really fun matchup and an intriguing one to open the season in Charlotte here in about – a little more than five weeks. So that uh, sets the stage for the second game of the year, which will be the SEC opener. Long road trip to Columbia, Missouri, to take on a Missouri team that was 4-8 and eight last year and 2-6 and six in the Southeastern Conference. And this is the one team that the Gamecocks finished ahead of in the SEC standings last year. And these games have always been a fun back-and-forth kind of game. South Carolina won last year's late. They, uh, it's just always been kind of two teams that, know each other's strengths, and know how to game plan against each other. I mean, last year was only a 10-point win for South Carolina. But they, they, they always seem to know when the, when the dial thing is up, and they play for the, uh, this trophy, the Battle of the Columbias. Um, but, like, Missouri's in, it's in a down year, and South Carolina, uh, even though it is on the road, it looks like a very winnable game for South Carolina. Um, and just in terms of the weapons that South Carolina has on offense versus the weapons Missouri has on offense and on defense, I think that uh, that that's a very, very winnable game for South Carolina. I listened to Wes and Chris, uh, Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark, on their podcast that they had earlier this week here. It's up on Gamecock Central Radio right now. It's largely a recruiting conversation, but they talked about the upcoming season as well. And Wes was saying that uh, you know the Gamecocks have to sp- at least split the first two games to give themselves some comfort going into the remainder of the schedule. He feels like it's imperative that they win one of those first two. Uh, I-, I would certainly agree with that. They got to win one of the first two, and you know I would suggest that they they really need to win them both. When you look at the remaining schedule, I just think the first four games are pivotal. That brings us to the third game of the year, which will be the home opener. You know, September 16th, we'll have to wait for until the Gamecocks finally play at Williams-Brice. And it's the Kentucky Wildcats that will come to town on September the 16th. The Missouri game will be a 7 o'clock kick. And the Kentucky game at Williams-Brice, the home opener, will start at 7.30. That'll be on the SEC Network. Kentucky 7-6 and six a year ago, 4-4 four and four in the SEC. And Kentucky has been a team that has been a thorn in the Gamecocks' side the last few years. I was just about to say that they've won, I want to say, the last three games against South Carolina. Um, the two in Lexington and then uh, one against Perry Orth and company under the lights at Louis Price two years ago. Um, but it's just a team that, like you said, has just always found a way to win against South Carolina, especially in big seasons. I remember that game up in Lexington a few years ago with Randall Cobb catching you know those, those touchdowns all over the place and ruining a, a season with South Carolina could have potentially – you know, done big things uh, under Spurrier, but yeah, this is this is another huge one because you know the first home game of the year, you know, at night um, on the SEC Network. It's this has the making to be a huge game for South Carolina in terms of momentum swinging in the season and uh, just recruiting because it is the first home game and at night, uh, and especially if they win those first two games, they uh, they come into Kentucky two and zero. It's just going to be huge, and Kentucky, you know, they're building under stoops, and they've had some success, not a whole lot of success, but um, they're a team that I feel is very similar to South Carolina in terms of where they are with the program, where they've they've had a good year, and they're trying to make sure that you know they continue the upward trend and continue to win, you know, these these kinds of games, the toss up games. Yeah, 
Um, and it's, it seems very similar and with a lot to play for. So that that one should be fun. Yeah, that's going to be a very very pivotal game for South Carolina. I agree. Kentucky's been building and they're trying to get over the hump and get over 500 in league play. And they beat Louisville last year in the rivalry game. Big win for Kentucky last year. So Kentucky's been doing some good things, but still just 4-4 four and four in the conference last year. Uh, Kentucky, the Carolina home opener this year on Saturday, September the 16th. And then an interesting non-conference game in the fourth game of the year. Colin, a game that we talked about extensively before we started the podcast today, and that's Louisiana Tech. You know, the Gamecocks uh, could schedule most anybody for a non-conference game, and typically you think it's going to be one that uh, would be a lock for a win. But this Louisiana Tech team – is no pushover. They won nine football games a year ago and played the Conference USA Championship game and beat Navy in the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, they they know how to score points, too. I mean, they lost that Conference USA Championship game, and they scored over 40 points. So it's an offense that, you know, while they don't play in a Power 5 league, can score points, they can do it consistently. And um, if South Carolina maybe comes in not, you know, ratcheting it up to 100 and not playing at full potential, then um, they could lose this game. Um, I don't think they will just because, you know, SEC talent versus Conference USA, but I think that um, it's going to be a lot closer than what most people think when they just look at the name and uh, see, oh, it's Louisiana Tech. It's really not going to be that close, but this could very well be, you know, you know a touch, the field goal touchdown or a 10 point game uh, that swings late. Um, and Skip Holtz has returned to Columbia. Yeah, Skip Holtz, head coach at Louisiana Tech. So a connection there between these two programs and, you know, kind of an interesting matchup uh, in the fourth game of the year. And to me, Colin, you know, the first four games are going to go a long way toward determining how good this Gamecock football team can be this year and what the record's going to look like at the end of the year. Because after that Louisiana Tech game, which will be at Williams-Brice, then you get into the thick of SEC competition. Game five is at Texas A&M. Kick times have been announced, by the way, for the first three games. We don't have a time yet for Louisiana Tech or any of these other games. So game five is at Texas A&M, eight and five last year, but four and four in the league. And they always seem to have weapons offensively. Uh, they always seem to have a quarterback that knows how to bomb it down the field, and they always turn out first-round talent on defense. Uh, you look at Miles Garrett last year, who didn't play against South Carolina, but eventually went his number one overall pick uh, to the Cleveland Browns. But, you know, you know, Kyle Field's always a tough place to play. Uh, A&M, hungry. They know what they're playing for. Kevin Sullivan's essentially coaching for his job, uh, or at least that's a report that a college station is saying. And it's this is a lot of – I think it's it's somewhat of a toss-up game, but I give the edge slightly to Texas A&M just because they do recruit high, you know, really high-praised athletes, you know, highly recruited guys from Texas, from that area. Um, they're just – they're explosive on offense, and it's hard to combat that in such a hostile environment on the road. Um, maybe in a time zone you're not used to playing it. All right, then the Gamecocks get Arkansas at home. Arkansas seven and six last year, three and five in the league, and then a road trip to Tennessee. So, you know, Tennessee was the media pick to win the SEC East last year. They didn't get it done. They were four and four in the league, but they were nine and four overall. So, Arkansas at home and at Tennessee before the open date. Colin, the three games before the bye week and the three games after are two of the biggest stretches. Uh, two of the biggest stretches of games in South Carolina's schedule because they need so much. Um, especially when you have Arkansas, a team that's been on the upswing with a high uh, explosive offense um, under Brett Bielema. Uh, they, then you have Tennessee, which is always a, a tightly contested game. South Carolina almost went up there two years ago and, and beat them up there. Uh, a late fumble uh, 
really ruin their chances, but they, they were competitive late. Um, and I think that if they can come out of that winning one of those two games, uh, that'd be huge just because those are two really tough places to play at A&M and at Tennessee. And uh, you got some really, really good offenses uh, during that stretch to where, you know, maybe your defense kind of buckles down and plays well in, the, in those three games and maybe not wins all three, but plays well. It could boost confidence for that stretch run. Um, after the bye week. Yeah, you know, the Tennessee game in Columbia last year, which the Gamecocks won, really was the start of the wheels coming off for Tennessee last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a tumultuous night that night. There was some infighting apparently in their locker room, you know, going into that game. A little bit of revenge factor on their minds for that game up in Knoxville. And then we'll have the open date, which will be October 21st. And then the Gamecocks return from the bye week with a home game against Vanderbilt. Vandy 6-7 and seven last year, 3-5 and five in the league. But they beat Georgia on the road. They also beat Mississippi and Tennessee to wrap up the regular season. So this is a Vandy team that the Gamecocks beat last year in you know, kind of a defensive struggle, a 13-10 Carolina win uh, last year in Nashville. But a Vandy team that's always dangerous, and they figure to be very competitive again this year. Right, and you know, Vandy, again, is one of those games that always seems to be close. It was last year. It was the year when Sean Elliott took over as head coach. Um they just always seem to play well against each other when Vanderbilt and South Carolina come together. Um, it's at home, which South Carolina, I'm, I'm sure, enjoys. They don't have to make the trip to Vanderbilt, uh, which is a long ride, uh, a long way away from home. Uh, and I think that Vanderbilt also is in that weird flux, so they don't know what they have at quarterback. They don't really know what they have other than Ralph Webb on offense. So um, it's going to be interesting. They lost Zach Cunningham, who was, um, one of the best linebackers in SEC in Vanderbilt history and in conference history. Um, so they're really trying to rebuild their defense there. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, a back step or step back for Vanderbilt this year. And I, I kind of give South Carolina maybe the edge in that one because Vandy, there's so many unknowns on that team. The Gamecocks used to face Georgia in the SEC opener. That was a, a tradition for a long time. You know, Georgia and South Carolina first shots fired in the SEC East. But the schedule was reshuffled a little bit. Uh, this Georgia game was moved until later in the season. So after Vanderbilt, the Gamecocks will play between the hedges over in Athens. Georgia 8-5 and five right. last year, 4-4 four and four in the conference. Uh, Colin, you know, I think a real disappointing year for Georgia last year under first-year head coach Kirby Smart. Conference wins over Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Auburn. And they lost to Mississippi. They lost to Tennessee. They lost by one at home to Vanderbilt, and they lost the cocktail party to Florida 24-10. to So, Georgia, the media choice to win the East this year. Eason has been named the starting quarterback, and expectations for him are very high. So, Georgia's looking to get back on track this year, and they got the Gamecocks at home. Right, and I think Georgia's kind of similar to where South Carolina is in terms of their, I don't want to say rebuilding process, but kind of their transition under a new head coach they have a, a young upstart quarterback who's supposed to be uh, the next big thing there um they return a lot of good talent on the offensive side of the ball in terms of skill position players or nick chubb and tony michelle um but then like you said there's really not a, a whole lot to be known um i think georgia's should have been the media pick to win the sec east i think they were my pick to win the sec east um just because you know, they return Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, who are so good, and they're going to be a nightmare matchup for South Carolina just because they are so good, and South Carolina struggled to stop the run at times last year. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting game. 
uh, see how both teams are playing near the end of the season and how they've developed and um, kind of corrected some of the issues that plagued them early on. Um, I think that's going to be the key point is if South Carolina can continue to develop and mature enough to stop uh, the run in SEC caliber backs. Um, because if not, then Senator Michelle and Nick Chubb are going to have absolutely massive days against them, which is what they did. Uh, the last time they played between the hedges when they uh, Georgia hung 50 on them. After the trip to Athens, the Gamecocks will play their final three games at home. All three of the last uh, games of the season will be at Williams-Brice, starting with the Florida Gators. We mentioned earlier 9-4, and four, winners of the SEC East at 6-2 and two last year. And then it's Wofford and Clemson. And Clemson is the one game – that I feel confident that I know how that's going to turn out, Calvin. And that's, you know, I'm always subject to change as the season goes on, but I feel like Clemson could have the best defense in the country this year. They are the reigning national champions. I know they lost a lot on offense, but Clemson is just at another level right now, and that's the one game that I've got circled as a loss for South Carolina. Obviously, uh, you know, as the season progresses, uh, expectations for that game could change, but as we're talking about it here in late July, you know, that's the one game I feel confident that I know the outcome of at this <laughs> point, unfortunately. You know, the Gamecocks beat Clemson five straight, and then Clemson now has won three in a row in the series. I think Clemson would like to get that number back to five if they can win at williams Bryce this year. They'll have a chance to do that next year up at Death Valley. So, believe me, that's still on the mind of Clemson players, coaches, and fans. Uh, the fact that they lost five in a row to Steve Spurrier and the Gamecocks, and they're trying to take it out on Will Muschamp. So talk about these last three at home, all in the month of November. Colin, Florida, Wofford, and Clemson all at Williams-Brice. Florida loses a lot on offense and on defense. A lot of the guys at Muschamp recruited all he was down there have now moved on to either the NFL or graduated or something along those lines. Uh, so these are most of the guys that are playing now are guys that McElwain has recruited. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see how he recruited once he got there and kind of how the players fit really his scheme. Um, he's supposed to be this offensive mind. And I think fans are waiting for to see that. So um, I think that's going to be interesting to see how the offense has improved. Um, uh, then Wofford, I think, is a pretty easy win for South Carolina just because they're obviously overmatched. Uh, talent-wise and athletically speaking, I mean, South Carolina should be able to win that one somewhat handily, almost like Western Carolina last year. And then obviously the the last one, uh, Clemson, like you said, unfortunately, that's kind of one uh, I think is going to be chalked up as a loss just because Clemson's defense, I mean, yes, they lost a lot on offense, but that defense returned a lot of good players that stifled an Alabama team that was really, really good last year. And I think that that defense alone can hold – if that defense can hold opponents to, you know, 17, 20 points a game, then Clemson's going to have no problem winning the ACC again just because they're that talented defensively. And um, like you said, a lot can change, though. Um, injuries do happen every now and again, unfortunately, for um, those people involved. But, you know, things shake out the Gamecocks' way and they get all the breaks. Um, I think that's a game that uh, they could potentially win if everything goes right that day or – you know, maybe the injury bug hits up the Clemson. But uh, yeah. barring anything unforeseen, uh, that should be one that South Carolina loses. Um, maybe not handily like last year, but I think they lose that game uh, late yeah. in the game. Yeah, and we don't know, you know, who's going to start at quarterback for Clemson. Looks like it's going to be Kelly mm -hmm. Bryant, but there's still some, you know, battle that will come up uh, in preseason camp here. And there are some questions about Clemson. I just look at uh, – 
the the talent on their roster, the way they've recruited in recent years. And uh, you're exactly right. That defense is going to be very good again this year. I think unless the bus breaks down, I mean, if Clemson shows up for all their games this year, I think they're going to win nine or ten. And I think there's a possibility that Clemson could get back to the college football playoff as much as Gamecock fans don't want to hear that. Um, I think that is a possibility. So it's something that we need to at least uh, be cognizant of going into 2017. But who knows what the season has in the store, Colin. Uh, so much that we could talk about. This is just a quick look at the 2017 schedule. Uh, the Gamecocks kick it off five weeks from this coming Saturday against NC State and Charlotte. And that's going to be a fun game, Colin. Uh, you know, 3 o'clock kick. I'm worried it's going to be – Really hot that day, but uh, again, you know, maybe we catch a little break in fall, or at least a hint of fall comes to Charlotte uh, early in September for that matinee, that three o'clock kick. Man, that's the heat of the day, and I'm really worried, uh, you know, that the weather, the heat could be a factor for that contest. But preseason camp for the Gamecocks opens on July 31st, so we're just a few days away from that now, and all the freshmen that have not reported already for Summer 1 or Summer 2 will be coming in very soon, so we're about to get it cranked up here, Colin. It's a fun time of year. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's a time for hope and a time for excitement um, for the first game of the season, and a lot, of, a lot to look forward to with this South Carolina team this year. Yeah, a lot of hope. That's right. Hope springs eternal. Everybody's unbeaten in late mm-hmm. July, so that's uh, absolutely that's got to be the goal going into the year is to win some games early, Colin. I look at NC State at Missouri, Kentucky, and Louisiana Tech. And, you know, I'm, I feel like my gut feeling is that if this Gamecock football team is serious, and I think, you know, you said earlier this week that Muschamp said uh, the biggest jump for college players is from year one to year two. That's when you see the most improvement. Well, the Gamecocks started, what, seven or eight freshmen last year, and a lot of others played. So I think this team can make a big jump in the second year under Muschamp. And I think if this team is serious about – Getting back in the top half of the SEC East standings, the East has never been more winnable. We opened the podcast today. We'll talk about that. I think this Gamecock team comes out and wins these first four games if they're serious. I'm not predicting they're going to win the first four. I don't know that they're going to win the first four. And it's easy to sit here in July and say, you know, they need to win the first four. But I just think NC State, Missouri, Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, these are not names that strike fear in anybody uh, even though, you know, th- there are a couple of pretty good football teams among those four. Uh, but uh, the first month of the schedule is going to be a lot easier than the rest of it. So if you're looking to get to eight or nine wins, which I think is an attainable goal, you better take care of business in these first four. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Colin, we appreciate your time today. Great discussion of the upcoming season, man. We're looking forward to getting it started. Awesome. Looking forward to talking more about game club football over the, the coming week. So yeah, we'll, preseason camp gets ratcheted up. We'll do it more. And once camp opens next week, we're going to have a lot more to talk about on a day-to-day basis, you know, news and notes, mm-hmm. information coming out of camp. So that's what we got coming up next week. For Colin Taylor, I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for joining us on Gamecock Central Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.